Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later... I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. It is Sunday, fun day, folks, but we got to talk some baseball before we get into the NFL. Obviously, last night, the... And I don't want to say unthinkable because we've seen the Dodgers stub their toe multiple times in the divisional round. So it shouldn't come as a shocker, but it is one of the most embarrassing losses because they had owned the Padres the entire season. They had a 22-game lead in the NL West. They won the season series, I believe it was either... uh, 14 to 5 or even a wider margin like this matchup was not supposed to be close and guess what it wasn't close because the Padres won in four uh you know you could say that it was because of injuries this and the other but the Dodgers just flat out came out flat uh, for this series uh, against a team that they've beaten uh, uh, like a drum for the last three years because it's not like the Dodgers dominated the series uh, just this year. They dominated last year and they dominated the year before. Ever since Manny Machado has been on the Padres, the Dodgers have still owned the Padres. It's just been the way the series has gone. So the fact that the Dodgers couldn't show up for a five game series against the Padres, you know, Got to beg the question, were they looking past the Padres? Were they just not remotely engaged? Uh, Because you could cite injuries. And yes, the bullpen was injured for the Dodgers. But it doesn't excuse Dave Roberts misusing the bullpen throughout the year, citing the analytics and why it made sense for certain guys to go out, thus burning out arms like Blake Trinan and uh, Craig Kimbrell before uh, the postseason arrived. No, no one ever wants to talk about that when they talk about how smart they are for using analytics. But, hey, you know, uh, they'll allow me some leeway with the armchair quarterbacking when you come up this uh, this uh, short in the crucial moments. But, you know, overuse of the bullpen. You've got uh, injured starter in uh, Walker Buehler who wasn't going to be available uh, with the UCL tear. But why is Clayton Kershaw starting game two for the Dodgers when he was not healthy for most of the year? And yes, when he uh, pitched, he was somewhat effective, but not against uh, uh, some of the premier clubs. Uh, Gonsolin <laughs> was uh, the better pitcher for the Dodgers throughout the season. Gonsolin needed to go to game two. Like Kershaw, if anything, was game three on the road. But because Clayton 
is a terrible postseason pitcher. I will keep saying it. We've been saying it throughout the history of the show. Clayton Kershaw is one of the worst postseason pitchers you could ever turn to in a in a spot where you're when you need him to actually do something under pressure. He can't do it. So, you know, a lot of excuses being made. But Clayton Kershaw was one of the biggest liabilities on that team, and they put him in the game two spot, thus putting them down 2-1. And then last night, the bullpen that they misused throughout the season let them down. But, again, if you're putting Blake Trinan on the postseason roster, how is he not being used? Like it doesn't make sense what these teams are doing. If he wasn't good enough to be used, then he shouldn't be on the postseason roster. It's it's crazy that like these teams are just doing these roster decisions because the Yankees did the same thing. Uh, Peraza should have been on the postseason roster. As bad as Ina Kalefa has been struggling, you needed an actual uh, uh, shortstop because instead. You don't have a true outfielder. You're using Cabrera in left field. Why is Aaron Hicks on the postseason roster if you're not doing a defensive substitution for Cabrera, who's a converted infielder from shortstop and only played left field for maybe 20 games? If that, I don't even think he played that many games in left field this year. It's just wild how teams that say they, they base things on analytics and uh, uh, the data verity of like how good guys can be can't do the basics of, does this guy actually know how to play his position? Because that's what cost the Yankees last night. Uh, the fact that Cleveland got a bloop single in left field that should have been caught by an average left fielder Cabrera doesn't know how to do the read properly on that ball. That's why he was late to getting to it. And then, of course, the whole debacle that Aaron Boone should get fired over. If Aaron Boone's not fired at the end of this year, I I don't know what we're doing here in in terms of the Yankees because, uh, you know, I I, I would think Cashman needs to get fired as well. But uh, we know that's not going to happen because Hal Steinbrenner doesn't want to do any work. But... In terms of the game last night, Aaron Boone said Clay Holmes was only available in case of emergency. I don't know about you, but it's a 1-1 series that can flip on a dime. You could have an elimination game or a clinching game if you win this game and close it out the way it needs to be closed out with the Yankees leading by two runs. In the bottom of the ninth inning, I would think, and this is just me, but I would think that's an emergency situation where you need Holmes to get those two outs to close out the game and then have Cole close out the series tonight in game four. Now, you got Willie Peralta pitching out there who's never been used in, in this spot before. And then Clark Schmidt, who's been a triple-A player most of the season, trying to close out one of your most critical games of the year. It's inexcusable how the Yankees found themselves in this spot. And, yeah, you can blame injuries, but guess what? The Yankees are right, just as guilty as the Dodgers 
citing analytics and overusing their bullpen and getting their guys hurt. There's a reason why those bullpen arms are getting injured. It's overworked. It is overworked, and they keep going by the spreadsheets and saying this matchup would benefit from a reliever instead of actually looking on the field and saying, can this starter just keep getting a few more outs? Because that's what happens. These are not automatons. They are human beings. They got to warm up. Their bodies can break down. You keep using them an extended period of time over uh, over the length of a season. They their bodies will break down. It, it's not as though when they uh, when they throw pitches, it's not taxing other bodies. Even those warm up pitches are taxing other bodies, and yet still we keep having folks sing the praises of how smart they are for using analytics. It, it doesn't account for injuries, and I keep telling people this about baseball. You can do it in a box, but in the totality of a season, things happen where guys start losing their effectiveness if you overuse them. Bullpen is one of the most critical areas of that happening. But yet still, you get overusage of guys mixing and matching. So sometimes it doesn't matter how many pitches he actually threw. The fact that he had to warm up and, and ramp up to max velocity is enough to get there. So, you got the Yankees blowing a two-run lead. You got the Dodgers blowing a three-run lead. The Dodgers are eliminated. The Yankees have a chance of being eliminated tonight if Garrett Cole doesn't put out seven-plus innings of work because I think that's what the Yankees are probably going to need. They're probably going to need seven innings or more out of Cole. And I have no idea who's going to be able to pitch tonight. Because if 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 we see Clay Holmes tonight in Game Four, what what's to say he's available for Game Five? Because Game Five is going to be if it happens, and the Yankees don't get eliminated, it's going to be Monday. So you're going to have to use him in a back-to-back situation, which is exactly what uh, Aaron Boone was saying. They didn't want to use him in a back-to-back situation. So what is the whole? emergency situation supposed to mean Uh, you know I just cannot get over these teams it's just mind-boggling dumb because you could have been up in this series had your ace on the mound to close out said series and then get a few more days rest to play the Astros, whom you are going to be an underdog against. Instead, you are hoping to extend the series with your ace, then try to beat the Indians, uh, I mean the Guardians, with their ace on the mound, and hope that a combination of Severino and Cortez can get you across the finish line, because that's what it's going to take. They're going to have to throw out both uh, Nestor Cortez and Severino because that bullpen's compl- is, you know, I looking at the pitches, like it was looking kind of rough with that bullpen. So unless Cole can get them the full length to get those guys some rest. And even then I'm still not sold on uh, some of the guys. The only guy I probably would throw out there, maybe Loisica, like, as bad as as average of a hitting a team Cleveland is, 
They're making the Yankee relievers work, and it's exposing the flaws of the guys left remaining is that, you know, if they're not striking dudes out, they are putting some decent uh, decent pitches to hit in play. It, it, it is just, it's kind of rough. So when I hear Aaron Boone talk about emergency situations, it, it sounds to me that the players don't even know what the game plan is. Because even the players after the game, you heard, uh, you heard Severino say he was surprised. Clay Holmes said he was available. It's just there's no plan with the Yankees, and it's so painfully obvious. So, yes, we could throw out Garrett Cole to get it done. But don't think for a second that they actually know what they're going to do for Game 5 just yet. Because I doubt it. I think they're just trying to survive when they could have been in a position to close out the series. It is just mind-boggling stupid. All right, let's get into the NFL slate because we've got a number of games to cover. And, you know, what? I kind of like where some of these matchups are lining up. So let's let's just talk about it. We got my Giants hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know, <laughs> the Ravens are five and a half point favorites. I like this matchup for the Giants, and you can call me a homer, but the Ravens' defense hasn't been blitzing as much in terms of getting to the quarterback with Wink Martindale gone. That actually benefits the Giants because the thing with Daniel Jones is if you get pressure on him, you can hit him and and force him to fumble. The Ravens have not been getting to the quarterback nearly as often as uh, they have in the past. And coverage-wise, yeah, they've been slightly better, but not significantly better, in my opinion, to offset the fact that they're not getting to the quarterback. So to me, I think the Giants can hang around here and run the football a bit and keep it close enough where I think you can get the Ravens in a bad spot where I, I... you know, I keep saying this. The Ravens are predicated on blowing out teams and kind of get into that motorboat race standpoint by that third quarter. If they're not significantly ahead of a team by the third quarter, they usually lose those games. So I'm not saying that the Giants are going to win today. But I am saying I feel pretty good about t- taking the Giants in the points because I don't see Baltimore blowing out this Giants squad. They've been playing hard enough and smart enough by not turning the ball over and that's the key not turning the ball over if you turn the ball over to Lamar Jackson that's when he makes you pay from a fantasy standpoint I think the Giants have been solid enough defensively about limiting the big plays that I think this is going to be a lot of dink and dunk between Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews I think you can play Mark Andrews in uh, DFS today, even though it's a 7K price tag, and I know people will say, well, you could just pay up to spend on Kelsey. I get it, because I think Kelsey could put up a monster game against uh, the Bills. I, I mean, yeah, against the Bills, but the issue is that he's a little bit more expensive, it's a little bit harder to get up to Kelsey, and I think you can get some production out of Mark Andrews. It just kind of depends on if... Uh, the ownership is more tied to Andrews than Kelsey, in my opinion. I don't think uh, 
I don't think uh, Andrews is a bad play. Uh, but I can also see some other folks thinking the exact same way that I am and then uh, kind of putting uh, putting a little bit more priority on, uh, on, on Andrews. So it's interesting. It is an interesting slate where I could see uh, folks uh, pivoting to Mark Andrews and not playing Travis Kelsey uh, at 7,800 in the in the late game. We'll get to that a bit later, but that's just a theory standpoint of things that I'm kind of thinking about as I'm on the fly here. But I definitely like the Giants here. Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to win, so don't get me wrong. It's like it'd be nice to be 5-1, but uh, I, I think a close loss is in the cards here for the Giants. Next up, Cincinnati going to New Orleans. Joe Burrow back in New Orleans, along with Jamar Chase from their LSU days. I think they are going to have a field day against the the Saints. I, I like the the, the, uh, the Bengals all day. I know New Orleans has a decent defense. And they can pressure the quarterback, but they're going to blitz. And I think that's going to leave some one-on-one opportunities for Jamar Chase. I want to have ownership of Jamar Chase today. I, You know, it's, it hasn't been working out. I, I'll freely admit it, but I think this is the matchup. We finally get back on the course with Burrow and Jamar Chase. And to get different from folks that are just going to keep playing uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes today, I think... You, we've got two options. One of them is Joe Burrow. The other option I'm going to talk about later, and I know folks are going to cringe, but I, I do think um, uh, the, the the Bengals being one half point favorites, I, I I think they could have been three point favorites, and I'm still hammering that line. Uh, just give me Cincy. Uh, I don't have any interest in New Orleans outside of maybe if New Orleans starts using Taysom Hill for DFS purposes. Uh, and Daily Fantasy, because he's still being classified as a tight end. Um, you might get some rushing upside and maybe a touchdown. But outside of that, I am not interested in uh, the Saints because of the fact that you've got most likely Andy Dalton back under center. Like They're saying Jameis Winston's back is still not in a great shape. So it's like you, you've got an injured Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. Either way... Uh, it just doesn't look promising. Next up, Indy and Jacksonville. <sighs> Matt Ryan. Oh my goodness! Like, I want to take the Jacksonville side, but I it's like Jacksonville plays dumb football. The Colts suck right now. The Colts suck. I, I mean, no Jonathan Taylor again. The offensive line's banged up. Matt Ryan vacillates between caring and not caring uh, about uh, every single possession, depending on whether or not he's getting hit or not. If he gets hit, he's going to check out of this game. Thing is, I don't know what the hell Jacksonville runs in terms of their defensive schemes. Because one week, they look like world beaters. The next week, you're, you're scratching your head. It's like, what the hell happened? And it's to me, it's all about the play calling. I, I don't understand why Jacksonville doesn't bring pressure every single game. It's like when they play when they play this 
cloud or prevent type defense. They get shredded every time. If Jacksonville brings the heat, they're going to win. If they don't bring the heat, they're going to lose. The Colts are two and a half point favorites. I want to stay away from this game from a betting purposes standpoint, but I could see the Colts putting up points if Jacksonville acts the fool. I do think at a certain point, Jacksonville is just going to keep it serious and just uh, put the pressure on the Colts. If they do that for 60 minutes, they're going to win by two touchdowns. I just don't know which Jacksonville teams I'm going to get, and that's why it's it's not even worth the risk of trying to bet it. Um, from a DFS standpoint, I, I still probably would play the Jacksonville defense at 3K, but it's definitely dicey. Do I like any pieces on uh, the Jags? I think you could play Christian Kirk uh, in the wide receiver spot just to get a little bit different. Um, Travis Etienne and James Robinson, they're still in a timeshare, so it makes it tough to do any recommendations on those guys. But Christian Kirk uh, is 5,800 on DraftKings, 7K on FanDuel. I think there's going to be more than enough opportunities to uh, be productive there that I I would uh, put my exposure on Christian Kirk um, to do some damage because the Colts cover three is also exploitable in the middle of the field, which is where Kirk has been able to do a lot of damage. And he does have some rapport with Trevor Lawrence. So so I'm actually pretty good with uh, uh, Kirk as a one-off here Um, on the, on the indie side, as I said, I can't trust Matt Ryan. Um, if you want to uh, roll the dice, you can play Michael Pittman. I, I just, to me, it just didn't make a ton of sense today. Uh, that that's just the way I I kind of felt about it. Next up, Minnesota and Miami. One p.m. window. You know what that means. One p.m. Kirk Cousins. I am on Kirk Cousins. And man, I want to say you like you uh, you like that clip, but uh, you know, Kirk has not been playing well this year. Uh, the Vikings have been winning, but Kirk Cousins has not been playing well. Um, so Kirk's got to play well for me to actually play that clip. It's just not um, it's not conducive in my opinion, but um. Yeah, I, I like, uh, you know, you got Miami starting a third-string QB. Uh, yeah, will they try to move the ball? Uh, yeah, because they got Jalen Waddle and, and Tyree Kill. They should be able to still move the ball somewhat. Um, the question is just how much do they turn the ball over in the process and give uh, uh, Minnesota short field? The only thing that worries me about Kirk Cousins is not necessarily um, the matchup. is more... Do the Vikings just turn to Dalvin Cook and just run it on Miami uh, as soon as they get ahead, and it just turns into a monster game for uh, Dalvin Cook where he runs for over 150 yards and, like, two touchdowns? That's a real – that's a possible scenario that I don't think is that crazy to imagine. I I do think this Miami defense can wear out. As the game goes on, especially with a third string QB not being able to extend drives, I'm just going to put into the faith that, you know, Cousins and Jefferson, this is usually a pass first offense. They're still going to prioritize the pass. I do, that's where I'm thinking that Cousins and Jefferson get on track and 
you funnel you funnel uh, some of these uh, targets and and red zone opportunities to Jefferson. I think he's a fantastic play at eighty nine hundred because he's so expensive. But is he really expensive? That's the thing. He's 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 only a couple hundred less than Cooper Cup, and I think Cooper is in a weird matchup today against uh, Carolina because I think the Rams are going to hammer Carolina so that Cup's not even needed to put up numbers. That I think folks are going to look at Justin Jefferson say he's way too expensive. Uh, he shouldn't be uh, that high and not play him at all. And I think Jefferson could have a monster game with uh, over 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns because of the fact that there's just going to be opportunities for him to score against his Miami defense. I, I, I truly believe that. So um, I, I love the Vikings here. It's uh, it's going to be a um, – it, it's going to be, you know, the hook – could Miami do a backdoor cover because of the hook? Yeah, possible. But I, I think the Vikings just handle them. I, I, I do think the Vikings win by a touchdown. Um, that's just kind of how I look at it. It's like you got Miami on a third-string QB. Uh, the, this this uh, this line could have been wider for the Vikings. Next up, a game I just want to pass on. The Browns hosting New, uh, New England. You know... Man, it is just that that field with that stupid looking mascot. I mean, jeez. Uh, yes, I mean the Browns are favored. Should they be favored? Yeah, because the, the the I mean, New England's on the third string QB. Like, I, you know, the odds makers are making the Browns less than a three point favorite against a third string QB who didn't look that good, I, you know, maybe I'm missing something. Uh, I know the Browns suck, but do we honestly think New England is that good? Um, defensively, they had a good showing against uh, the Lions, but Jared Goff has a mental block when it comes to playing Bill Belichick, and Belichick knows how to exploit it, you know. Jacoby Brissett knows Belichick. Uh, Belichick knows Jacoby Brissett, but Nick Chubb is still there. And I think if, as long as the Browns make sure that Nick Chubb gets fed the rock, they should be able to play action and they should be able to move the ball. I don't really see much going on in terms of score with this game. Unless, unless Cleveland implodes on offense. I don't see, either one of these teams scoring more than 24 points. I, I think this is a pretty low-scoring game in terms of the total. If anything, that's where I would be looking to go with this one is bet the under on the 43-and-a-half line. But I, I don't – I think Cleveland should win this one. I'm not remotely confident in it because it's Jacoby Brissett and – uh, Amari Cooper is the number one wide receiver uh, in 2022. So, not confident, but that's where I'm leaning. Next up, Green Bay and the Jets. So, Green Bay coming off the loss to the Giants in London. Uh, they're at home, so technically they lost the home game uh, already. They got another home game against another New York team. 
interesting game here because the Jets, much like the Giants, play very conservative. They try to make sure that they don't screw up. And Zach Wilson has done a better job of not screwing up. So it's like it and and not try to throw, force a play that he doesn't need to. He's done a much better job of that. So because of that, if he just hands the rock off to Brees Hall and Michael Carter, the Jets are going to have a chance to win this game just like the Giants did, where they just keep pounding the rock on this Green Bay team. And Green Bay defensively ranks amongst the worst in terms of defending play-action passes. So I think when it comes right down to it, I think the Jets have a, a shot here. Because a 6.5 line for Green Bay, I I kind of question. Because, you know, they're, they're going with the narrative that Aaron Rodgers is going to be pissed off about the Giants' loss and they're going to come out focused. And that all could well be true. But this very much feels like the Packers are going to be sweating it out. And whether or not they cover a win or not comes down to whether or not they can kick another field goal to go up another score to cover the six and a half and get to seven points. Because I can see the Packers up by four late and the Jets still have a chance of winning this game with a touchdown. Like that's how I think this this game could very easily play out where it's low scoring enough and the Jets are still in the mix to win this game. Uh, So, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I don't, think this Green Bay team is nearly as good as people think they are right now. Um, they just haven't had the execution that one would expect, and it, it, it's it's starting to uh, weigh in on them, in my opinion. I, I think uh, the pressure is getting to Aaron Rodgers. You know, there's no Devontae Adams coming through that door. I, I think, and the running backs... Uh, Aaron Jones was sounding very annoyed about his usage in the offense, and he should be used more. I'm just not sure if the Packers are going to do it. I think they're trying to establish some rhythm with uh, their passing game, and I think it's it's costing them. Uh, I, I definitely think it cost them against the Giants. I, I think they needed to run the ball a bit more and then try to set up the pass. I think they're trying to set up the pass to establish everything else, and Rodgers is not getting it done right now. Um, you can blame the receivers and whatnot, but Aaron has the ability to check out of those plays if he if he doesn't like what he's seeing at the line to find something that they think they can execute a little bit better. I'm just not seeing it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, do I think Green Bay can uh, cover the six and a half? Yeah, possible, but I think there were better odds of the Jets covering it, and I think the Jets are still alive as an underdog to pull off a, a last minute uh last minute upset of the Packers. Uh just cuz I'm I'm not I'm not sold on the Packers defense against certain clubs and uh, it's uh I I think there there are ways to get exploited. Speaking of getting exploited, we got uh the 49ers traveling to Atlanta. I'm going to take uh a guess here about where folks think uh, the Falcons are. Can you name the one team in the NFL that has covered every single week thus far this year? That's right. It's the Falcons. <laughs> we Everyone thinks they suck. 
they keep finding ways of being not as terrible as you think they are. And I think the Niners are a bit overrated here, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, that I, I think we can uh, we can actually take the Falcons as a potential upset here. Um, listen, Jimmy G, with pressure, is just not a good QB. And I, I feel as though with in Atlanta, when the crowd gets going, you get a loud atmosphere. That defense plays better on turf. They move a little bit faster. I think with the injuries that San Francisco has defense on the defensive end, the Falcons offense can actually be a little bit more productive. That it may force San Francisco to have to open up the offense and try to throw. This is the argument I'm going to be talking about with one of our games later. Like Some of these teams have not been forced to throw the football. San Francisco has been coasting by just trying to run and not relying on Jimmy G to throw. I think if this game gets into a spot where Jimmy G has to throw, this could be really dicey for the 49ers to navigate this game. Uh, this this game screams a trap game. Um, I, 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 I just look at it that way. I, I don't want anything to do with it. So uh, we are going to take a quick break here. So... Uh, Don't go away. We'll be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. All right, so next on the docket, we have Tampa traveling to Pittsburgh. Man, okay, so here's the weird part about this game. Uh, Tampa's favored by eight and a half points. The news came out that Tom Brady went to Robert Kraft's wedding like a day ago. Like, he traveled from the team on Friday for a surprise wedding for Robert Kraft yesterday. Like, they got a game, a 1 o'clock game today. Like, I, I, I don't know about you, but I like to have a pretty good time at weddings. Um, So, I, you know, I'm, I'm scratching my head here. Like, what the hell's going on? 
This is like you have your the the leader of your team traveling to go to a party. It, it, like they can say whatever they want about a wedding. Things happen at weddings. Uh, I, like so. Maybe like Tom Brady's going through a divorce. And he's at a wedding with a bunch of bridesmaids. I'll leave that to the, your imaginations as to what probably went down. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I, this game looks like this looks ugly. I, this feels like a Leonard Fournette game, but the line's eight and a half. Could the Steelers' defense show up for a game like they had a very emotional beatdown? at the hands uh, last week of the Bills, and they, they were kind of getting into it with each other during the week. I expect the Steelers, you know, to show some pride and at least give Tampa a game in the first half. If Tom Brady is not on his game with this offensive line as depleted as it is, uh, this game could get a little bit tricky. I'm not saying that, uh, that Tampa is going to lose the game. I, I think Tampa wins. The, the problem is, it's a big line. I, like, that's a big line. It, it's like, it, it, it's actually, it's nine and a half now. Um, the line's moved even further in the direction of Tampa, and I'm wondering, like, why. It, like, maybe I'm missing something, but I I don't like the fact that Tom Brady was not with the team for the last two days. Because it looks like he he left, he left to Friday, so you miss Friday, you miss Saturday, the the, the final walkthroughs. Um, th- th- this is, I don't know. Like th- this seems a little sus to me. It feels a little sus to me trying to bet that line with Tampa. I mean, I could you tease it? Yeah, you could tease. You could tease the line down. Um, but. I'd rather tease it in the other direction. I'd rather tease it with the Steelers. Um, if you tease it up where the uh, Tampa's got to blow them out by f- uh, over 14 points, I would rather tease it in the other direction where you get the Steelers uh, at 14 and a half or 15 and a half and do, do it that way instead if I was throwing it into a teaser. So to me, like teams like the Jets, the Giants, the Steelers, I would rather tease them. Because I, I think they all have a legitimate shot of winning the game. I, I I think as an underdog, like I think these are kind of opportunities where we can take advantage of certain matchups. And so you can throw in a three-team teaser and, you know, I think those games play out. So it's like the Steelers, Atlanta, the Jets, the Giants. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to win. But I do think the games are close enough where you could throw them all into a teaser and get the extra points on top of that and feel pretty good about where you stand with your teaser. That's where I'm thinking in different combinations of teasers, um, you can kind of target these games. But I I just don't like the fact that Brady was not with the team. I don't like playing the Tampa's passing game. I think this is a four-net game. Um, Kenny Pickett under center for... uh, Steelers, Tampa's defense is priced up this week, so I'm not interested there. Um, on the Steelers side, George Pickens looks like a, the next Steelers wide receiver stud. Um, 4,600. Uh, 
I just don't trust the Steelers passing game yet to to make true use of him, but man, he is impressive when you watch him on tape. I will say that. Next up, Arizona traveling to Seattle to play uh, the Seahawks. Uh, Arizona two and a half point favorites on the road. I like the Seahawks. <laughs> I, I like the Seahawks. It, it, it's it's one of those things where I'm looking at uh, uh, these squads. Geno Smith is like mature has finally matured into being a starting NFL QB, and Tyler, I mean Kyler Murray, is far from that. And you know, I'm seeing commercials for Call of Duty, uh, the next Call of Duty Warfare game, and I am just, I am, I'd be scared out of my, you know what, uh, because. If I if I if I had to bet on uh, the Cardinals the next couple of weeks, this little bit of a new Call of Duty game out. I'm just saying, if you have to throw it into a guy's contract that they have to do film study and not play video games, I'm sorry, something's wrong. Something is very very wrong with that picture. Do I think both teams are going to score here? Yes, I like I like the offenses in this game, so I, I like uh, the. Cardinals passing attack. You got uh, uh, Hollywood Brown. You got Rondale Moore. Uh, you got Zach Ertz. I, I do like the passing pieces for the Cards uh, in a trailing script. I th- I I think Seattle's winning this game uh, personally. I, I don't agree with Arizona being favored here. I think Seattle wins. Um, I think uh, this is a DK Metcalf kind of game where one on one, you know, and maybe Arizona gets smart and they throw. Uh, help over the top, and they, if they throw help over the top, then it becomes a Tyler Lockett game, and I think he has free reign. I, I think Seattle's wide receiver core should dominate this matchup, and everything I keep hearing about Kenneth Walker seems to suggest that this guy's a stud and was going to beat out uh, Rashad Penny anyway. So to me, I think Seattle's going to be able to run the ball, and I think they're going to be able to pass the ball. And as long as Geno is playing within the offense taking the opportunities to scramble when he can and, you know, uh, run up the field. I think Seattle's going to be efficient on offense. You know, it's it's pretty damning to Russell Wilson how checked out he was last year that Geno Smith is leading the NFL in offensive efficiency uh, through the first uh, uh, five weeks of the year. And, yes, it's early, but that roster hasn't changed that much in terms of the offensive line and everything else. That's why Seattle was expected to be a two-win team um, this year or less. Like, they weren't expected to be getting division wins. Listen, you gotta, you just have to admit that it's like, for whatever reason, that divorce between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson had to happen because Russ kind of checked out the entire last season. I, I, think, I think it's fair to say that now um, because you watch Gino run the offense – and that offensive playbook has not changed much. It's just how it's being utilized. That That's all it is. All right, next up, Rams, Carolina. Okay, let's just move on. Rams are going to dominate. I don't like any pieces on the Rams, though. Here's why. Where Where is the offense coming from for Carolina? Uh, we, we got P.J. Walker under center. Matt Rule's been fired. 
Baker is out with a high ankle sprain, and he might as well just uh, put himself on IR for the rest of the year because I can't see Baker doing much of anything the next, uh, the rest of this year. And Tepper is going to be looking to fire everyone and, and and start over and blow this thing up. You already got reports about Christian McCaffrey potentially getting traded. I don't want to play McCaffrey if there are reports of him getting traded because why would the Pan- like you got to be a special kind of stupid like why would you play Christian McCaffrey a significant portion of the snaps if you're trying to trade him? And yes, you could say, oh well, they got to showcase him. Everyone knows who Christian McCaffrey is. He's a star player as long as he can stay healthy. I don't think teams want to see Christian McCaffrey taking pounding that he doesn't need to for a team that's going nowhere this year. To me, I feel as though this is a game where Christian McCaffrey plays maybe 55% of the snaps instead of the usual 85 to 90. I think they start scaling back his workload and making sure he doesn't get himself hurt. I think DJ Moore might be in a, in a similar spot where they don't really call pass. Like, I think they're going to be so conservative on offense that Carolina may not have 200 yards of offense by the end of this game. Like, that's the scary thing about Carolina's offense. Like, I I don't know if they even get to 10 points. So, with that being said, what we what we know about the Rams when they get up? They want to run the ball. Um, Darrell Henderson, to me, is the most obvious play and... The problem is that when it when it becomes that obvious, usually something something happens to make it not so obvious. And Darrell Henderson should be the most obvious play, but I can also see the scenario where you've got um, you've got uh, you've got the Rams and Sean McVay just handing the ball off uh, to other guys besides Darrell Henderson because they know Darrell Henderson isn't very good. So I could see Malcolm Brown getting carries. I could see that Brandon Powell guy getting carries. I, I could see like uh, some wide receivers that they do like that little screen. Play. Although I don't think the Rams should even be trying to do those random random plays because none of the none of the wideouts are really that fast enough to do the jet sweep. Even though they like calling it, it this is not um, uh, this is not the most obvious things uh, to. Uh, uh, to kind of working through. So to me, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a great, uh, there's a great slate. So to me, that's why I would be, uh, I, I, I'd be kind of hesitant to, uh, be that aggressive with this, uh, with this Rams team. Cause I, I feel as though they're just going to kill the clock and there's just not, Again, I, I don't see Carolina getting 200 yards of offense today. Like, that that's the, that's the scary part. Like, usually if you're going to have a high-scoring game, like the other team has to do something on offense, I'm not sure if Carolina get 200 yards of offense. I don't even know if there's a prop for that. I got to look for that. Because I, I, I'd be kind of confident of looking at the prop and seeing, like, if – because I, I don't think they throw – I don't think they throw for – um. Like like I said, I don't think they throw for 150 yards uh, today in the air. And I think because of cutting down Christian McCaffrey's workload, I don't think they're going to run for that many yards either. Like, this is uh, this is not a good look. I, I, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. It's like, 
I I I think you you could see a lot of uh, Chubba Hubbard today as opposed to Christian McCaffrey. It it doesn't make sense playing McCaffrey in my opinion. That like that's just the way I kind of look at it. It's like it doesn't make a ton of sense um, from my perspective. All right, next up, we've got the game of the week that everyone's been talking about: the rematch, Bills Chiefs. In Arrowhead, the scene of the crime where the Chiefs came back with 13 seconds left to force overtime and then winning it in overtime. Will the Bills F it up again? Because the Bills cost themselves that game. Both teams 4-1. The Bills, their loss to the Dolphins is self-inflicted. If they lose to the Chiefs, it will be self-inflicted. The Bills are the better team. They have the better defense, and they have the better offense. They have more tools on the uh, on the wide receiver side uh, to surpass Kelsey. Without Tyree Kill, the Bills are unquestionably the better team. They don't have the better quarterback. Mahomes is the better quarterback. The folks who keep saying that Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, like, yeah, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It's not... It, it's not that uh, there's nothing wrong with Josh Allen. It's like, it's like, and they keep always making it sound like it's like you, you, that it's a bad thing that he's not the best quarterback in the league. He's he's pretty much number two. <laughs> it's like it's like he, he, there's a battle for two, but I, I I think Mahomes won, and then we get we got a we get we got we got a hotly contested debate. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just look at it from the standpoint of there were so many ways. For Buffalo to beat Kansas City, and not many ways for Kansas City to do the same to Buffalo. I think Kansas City needs Buffalo to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. I don't think on their own Kansas City can force enough uh, turnovers from Buffalo to make a difference. If the Bills execute the offense that they need to run, I think they beat the Chiefs by at least a touchdown. The Bills are favored by two and a half. I think the Bills win by more than a touchdown. All things considered, if they execute the way they should. If they don't, the Chiefs can win this game by a field goal. But it's a tight win for the Chiefs. I think Buffalo can blow out the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs can blow out Buffalo, barring a complete meltdown by the Bills. Do I expect this to be a good game? Yes. Do I expect this game to be close? I'm still not sure. I think if Buffalo plays their game, the people who are going to be... Uh, jamming in the Bills pieces uh, are going to have a good day. But they're going to be running it back with KC pieces. I think this is one of those where I think you play multiple guys. I like playing Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs together on this one. And then you can run it back with Travis Kelsey and you can have Josh Allen as QB. I think that's the way to kind of play it. But I think folks will just do the one-offs of, I want a piece of Diggs. And I want a piece of uh, Josh Allen, and then I'll have uh, uh, Kelsey, just like everyone else will. It's like everyone's going to be doing that in terms of the general public. I think you're you're going to have to get creative with multiple pieces where it's like you get Knox, uh, Davis, and Diggs with uh, Josh Allen, and then you run it back with Kelsey. It's like you're going to have to combo it up. But I I already lined out the games I think that has the potential of 
scoring a bunch of points between Seattle and Arizona. And I, I told you already like the Vikings that I don't see myself jamming that much in terms of this game. Yeah, I'll have some pieces of it um, in 150, but like for main lineups, I'm not going to be that focused on this game. And I may just one off Travis Kelsey, um, but that's it. It'll be more of an ownership play if it seems like most people are going to gravitate towards Mark Andrews and save the money so they can play more Vike, uh, more Bills players in in digs and uh, digs instead because I think that's. Um, that seems more of a. I don't want to say cash because because it is it's a different take on the GBP lineup, but I, I think it's a chalkier um, tournament take that folks are going to be pursuing by playing Andrews so they can fit in Stefan Diggs because Diggs, you know, he's not cheap. I mean, Diggs is going to run you eighty four hundred. Um, he's a little bit less expensive than Justin Jefferson. Not as expensive as Cooper Cup, whom I already said was a bad play. And I don't think that many people are going to be on Jamar Chase at 7,700, given um, the struggles of the the Bengals' offense this year. So, um, yeah, I I expect a lot of ownership for the Bills, and deservedly so. I think they score points. But I think this is one of those where I don't think it's an end-all, be-all type game either. I think there are other ways you can kind of get there to be a little bit more unique in terms of your lineup construction. Sunday night football tonight, we've got the Eagles hosting the Cowboys. Eagles four and a half point favorites. I look at this game and I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Uh I think Cooper Rush still sucks. I, I you know he hasn't had the game yet where someone's been able to take advantage of it because the Cowboys have been able to keep it close because of their defense. I think tonight we'll finally see that change a bit where Philly can uh Force turnovers of their own and put Dallas behind early enough where Cooper Rush gets exposed for not being very good. He's been able to hide behind the, uh, his offensive line and uh, the run game with Pollard and hit the the second best running back on this team that's paid the most in Zeke. Uh, you know, I, I think this is one where the limitations at the QB position come back to haunt Dallas and that they're going to be looking for Dak to come back sooner than later um, once they get beat here. I don't see Dallas winning this game unless the Eagles just implode and can't get it done. So I like Jalen Hurts. Um, This is going to be showdown, obviously, format. I like Jalen Hurts. I like Dallas Goddard. And, you know, you can play A.J. Brown. The problem is is that you can't afford all of them, so you're going to have to do something different, whether – you're playing a kicker in the captain and Jake Elliott, or you're finding um, a cheap play like a Quez Watkins um, to differentiate yourself, uh, or you play a Dallas Goddard and you play both kickers. I, you know, you're gonna have to do something a little bit different to get the salary needed to, in showdown formats to make it work uh, for uh, for the Eagles. I just don't think Dallas is a good play today. Um, outside of their defense, you know, I think they're going to struggle. Um, yeah, they can, they'll get some sacks on Hurts without question, but offensively, I think they're going to struggle against this Eagle squad, and the limitations of Cooper Rush are going to get exposed. So that's my take. I think the Eagles win this one. I already said from the outset, I think I thought the Eagles were the best team in the division, and I didn't think it was particularly close. 
that was when Dak was healthy. With Cooper Rush, I, I think this is uh, pretty much a slam dunk case of Philly's going to win this one and win it comfortably. Uh, Monday Night Football, we'll do a showdown show for that, but uh, my favorite coach to pick on, Brandon Staley, is uh, is going up against the worst coach in the league in, Paul, in Nathaniel Hackett. I mean... Holy crap, like what did we do to deserve such bad coaching on Monday Night Football? Oh man, oh, I'm going to get a headache. I don't want to even talk about this game now. Um, Chargers should win, but man, this game's going to give me a headache. So we're going to we're gonna cap it off on that sour note. But um, uh, yeah, baseball tonight with the Yankees and uh, uh, Cleveland. I expect Garrett Cole to get the win. Um but who knows what the Yankees are going to do for Game Five? Because it's a, it's a it's a twenty four hour turnaround, and you know, uh, and if uh, the Yankees lose, then I'm going to come back and eat some humble pie that uh, Cole couldn't get it done, this, that, and the other. But uh, we shall see. But that's all for me. I'm going to get Alan out of here. Uh, have a good day, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.